0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hey, what is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome in to another episode of the Buffalo Nerd. Your home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top. Brought to you by SB Nation on the Buffalo Rumblings youtube channel and podcast network on this week's show we got the man the myth jeff bell from footballguys.com bills mafia for life super excited to sit down and chat off season in the draft and the fantasy world with mr bell let's get after
0: it it's about to go this is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast, where we talk history of the game, numbers, and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should, because I'm sick, to this, 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 this the, the real deal. And you know I got a shout out the Buffalo Bills. Turn it up to the max, sit back and relax. This the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Let's go.
1: Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome into the show. Super excited to hang out tonight and uh, chat some Bills football with Mr. Jeff Bell. Uh, for those of you that do not know Jeff, I'm sorry. Um, you're going to get to know him now. So that's a good thing for you. I'm super excited about that. Uh, Jeff is a fellow Bills Mafia member. Um, I, he probably won't get offended by this. So I'll say he's more of a nerd than I am. Um, And he's super deep. Uh, You can see the football guy symbol behind him. He also writes for a bunch of other people, heavy in the fantasy world, just has a really good look and view on the football world. So I wanted to hang out with Jeff tonight and pick his brain about the Buffalo Bills. Jeff, how are you, sir? I think we got you on mute.
2: I'm sorry, man. I'm fantastic. You know, thank you so much for having me in, Colt. Uh, You know, when you reached out, I definitely wanted to make that time. We do a lot of random shows, but uh, this show has always got a spot in my heart being, uh, you know, the Buffalo nerd, of course, but also being a part of Buffalo Rumblings, being just a Buffalo Bill centric podcast, but also your charity element as well. And I I think that's something that you stand out in doing that and and bring giving people the platform to plug something that's important to them and, and be able to look for something there to help the community out as well. And, and so anytime I can talk to bills, anytime, anytime I can talk with you, I'm always down and, and happy to join.
1: Yeah, Jeff, I really appreciate that. And you guys are in for a treat because uh, he, Jeff, he, he writes for a ton of different people. I mean, like the stuff, I was just reading your article earlier about kind of about the rookies and the entire rookie draft class that came out and how that kind of looks for a fantasy space. So we're going to hit into that a little bit later on, but we came out of another great season for Bills fans, right? So I just kind of want to see where you were when we left, where we are now, pick your brain on a couple things. But before we do that, like we do every week on the show, we typically would highlight a charity. Um, this week, we're, we're not going to necessarily highlight a charity, right? But uh, we are going to highlight, mental health again uh, in an element that we bring up quite a bit on the show. Um, typically, as the guest on the show, uh, Jeff gets to choose the charity. And this week, um, you know, Jeff and I are both parents. Uh, Jeff's a girl dad. Uh, I'm not, uh, but we both have young children. So Jeff wanted to just uh, chat a little bit about the tragedy that we just had, you know, happened down in Texas. Uh, we've obviously had one in Buffalo here recently. So Jeff, why don't you kind of tell me just kind of where you're at, how you're feeling, um, you know, why you kind of want to, you know, chat them, uh, what's going on
2: up? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm torn up. You know, I'm I'm heartbroken, and and obviously, um, the Buffalo community was hit with something similar. But um, you step into a school, and I just can't even believe that somebody would be in that place that that they would do something like that. And it's even beyond that. It's just the lives of the families and, the, and even the lives of the kids that survived it. Um, you know, it, it's, it tore me up as a, I have three little girls and I'm in, my wife is a teacher. And so my kids are in five different, my wife and my kids are in five different school buildings during the year, the, during the day. And, you know, it's even it's sending my wife into school and knowing that um, she would be willing to throw her, her body in front of her kids because they mean that, much to her and, and just um, whatever can be done to help the the people that then this unfortunate tragedy happened to but like, what can we do to stop these things moving forward? And like, how can we get people help if they need it? Um, how can we regulate whatever might need to be regulated? It's just, um, it's just something that when you reached out to me, you know, my, my normal charity of choice um, is Nationwide Children's here in, in Columbus, Ohio. And they do a great job with um, helping kids with whatever ailment. And, and it's a renowned hospital, but um, just this where I was sitting and, and just where I've been sitting this week. And it's been like the last week of school for my kids. And so that that's kind of front of mind. And it's, um, it's just, I don't even have really have words, I, I feel like, because it's just an awful, awful thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think we've been seeing it a lot. Right. And I, in Bill's Mafia, um, you know, we typically respond to every tragedy tragedy, you know, like um, no matter what it is. I mean, uh, I think the Western New York community, uh, you're in Ohio. Same. I mean, the Midwest, it always it always seems to find a way to be able to step up and help others. Right. So that's great. And we're we're always there for that it's just it's it's becoming too much that we're having to always have to be there for event after event after event right uh so something something big has got to change so uh, there's a ton of different things going on for Texas, right? I'm just going to throw this up real quick. If you just go up to GoFundMe, right, and you just type in Texas Elementary School Shooting Victims Fund, um, you'll you'll see the picture that I have there. Um, that'll show you that you're you're not like at some scammy type of place or anything like that, right? Um, but this is the one that's for the school itself, you know uh, you know specifically. Now. Also, if you research and just type that in, you're going to pull up a lot of different things from local, some of the local families around there, um, you know, and a bunch of different things like that. So there's tons of different ways that you can help out. And I get it. Uh, The Buffalo community has, is helping out already, you know, tons of money raised for Western New York in this past week, um, you know, and, and rightfully so. So, uh, but thanks, Jeff, you know, sometimes it's, I think people in the content space they don't want to put things out that could, you know, shun people away or you potentially lose some following, you lose a little bit of this, you lose a little bit a little bit of that, but something's got to give, right? And uh, you know, when we got a we got a voice, we got a chance, we should talk about it, right? So Absolutely. Very cool. So I want to know cuz a lot of Bills Mafia, right? We were 13 seconds away from like glory that we've been dying for. So how did you come out of that game? And when you walked into the offseason, what was your biggest need for this football team?
2: Man, I don't know if I've walked out of that game, to be honest with you. I, I, I am still, it's almost like I'm almost catatonic at what happened there. And it's like, almost like one of those that I've still haven't even come to grips with it. And I was, I don't know. You know, we've seen losses and we've, uh, we've been through, you know, we lived through 20 years essentially of irre- irrelevance and a bad team. And to get to that point, it, it's one of those that I think the last couple of years, the playoff runs, it's just been fantastic to be in the playoffs and to feel like we're that type of team. Um, I'm gutted still <laughs> at that loss. It's, it's like I just need these guys to get back on the field because I, I need to see them bring it and, and, um, Landing Von Miller helped um, some of it, so so that was nice to see that. But um, it, it's still kind of one of those that it, this is one of those that I'm just not ever going to be able to watch that like those. Oh yeah, ever again. And so it, it's going to be seared in my memory the way that I felt. I, I just have never. Felt it as gutted after a sports loss, and and you know I'm a Ohio State Buckeye fan too, and but they've had some disappointments recently, the lost national championship game, but it, this is just completely different. This is just something that uh, levels of losing. If it went up to ten, this was a number eleven, um, right? But, but uh, what I was looking to add to the team really was um, pass rush was very important because we really needed somebody that. It that, And that's really what that game came down to. We needed somebody on defense, one player, to make one play on defense, and we win that game. In the, the way that that whole entire fourth quarter, that second half, and the overtime went, we needed one guy to make one play, and we just didn't have it. There was no gas left in the tank, and losing Trey White, not having him in that secondary and forcing those pieces around, uh, and that left the, the cornerbacks exposed and lit up repeatedly, um, but also not being able to put pressure on the passer. So I think the team has done what we would have wanted to see there. You know, I don't think we can do much better than adding Von Miller and then the draft position. Um, getting Kyrie Elam landing kind of that second cornerback that can kind of grow next to Tredavious white and then kind of take over long-term. Hopefully um, those were two areas that I think we've been needing for the last couple of years. And it was really laid bare in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot of, ways the point that, right. That 13 seconds goes a lot of different ways. It's, it's an offensive problem. It's a defensive problem, right? It's like, you, you can, it's like, no it was 13 seconds that we've we've witnessed it happen in less time before right like so it's one of those things but for me going coming out of it it was it was terrible but i was you know i'm like i'm pretty happy being in the playoffs all the time like i it sucks to not have that big win yet but like a hundred percent it's way cooler playing late in the year than it is watching everybody else's teams play right so i i think that I'm in the same boat. I, there was a couple pieces, The tray piece. All off season has kind of been like my thing. Like I'm concerned about the quarterback a little or the cornerback a little bit. But uh, you know, I think that coming out of the off season, I was or into the off season. I was still very much like this is a competitor, uh, and we're we're not looking like we're going away soon, right? So you talked on Von Miller a little bit. Anybody else in the free agency uh, that you were kind of like, yeah, that was I, I'm I'm really intrigued by that, or I like that move.
2: Um. I mean, you know we we bring in James Jameson Crowder to replace Cole Beasley's production there. but really, what I guess probably the piece that I would be more intrigued would be- be um OJ Howard and and what are we going to do with that are we going to run some more 12 formation i would expect that we are going to run some more of that we didn't have the i mean for most of the season there wasn't even a second tight end active on game day to be able to run any sort of those packages and and then really how's that going to affect uh, Dawson Knox are, are we going to be able to use him kind of more in a use him a little bit in the slot a little bit more, move him around formation a little bit, treat him as a move tight end a little bit more with OJ Howard, kind of taking the natural tight end duties. And then it kind of seems like we're yeah. due on Gabe Davis having that full blown breakout. Obviously we saw the, the four touchdowns against the chiefs, but there's really not another outside receiver beyond him on the, on the roster where we, he's going to be on the field most every play I would have to imagine.
1: Yeah, I get it. and we we chatted about that last week on the show uh somebody brought up cuz I was like what's everybody's concerns cuz mine has been, you know, the cornerback situation and somebody brought up outside wide receiver and I'm like yeah, that's it's a very valid point, you know, we've been very blessed with Diggs and his durability and his ability to just always make the play and be on the field, right? Um but I I like that you bring up the OJ Howard piece because for me that's sneaky good, right? Like that's the kind of stuff that turns your team like totally over the edge and it's very cheap on the radar right now right like he was he doesn't cost us anything and last year like you talked about like when Knox went out it was like the team didn't know how to play offense anymore and i was like there's no way that dawson Knox is that meaningful to the offense is he and then it, it was like holy crap for a couple games they couldn't do it and it was apparent he was that important so the AJ, oj howard piece i love it right because it's depth when if he happens to go down he can catch the ball, right? He he's had troubles, but he's big, he's huge, he's 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 come from pedigree. So, to me this feels like one of those depth pieces especially with Dawson excelling, we might not be able to pay him. So, I I mean it, to me these are I like these pieces. I'm glad you brought him up. So, it feels like we kind of hit a couple things over the off season that you're you're feeling. Now, you're a rookie guy, right? I I know you do a lot of dynasty stuff. You do a lot of just in-depth looking at college players. So going into the draft, were you on the cusp that the bills were going to be a running back? Like a lot of people thought, or where were you?
2: I was hoping for Brees Hall. I was really, yeah, I think that two years in a row, like I, I, I don't know. I don't know The rumors that I have heard that they were pretty loaded on either Najee Harris or Travis Etienne last year in the first round and saw them both go off the board before they got on the clock. So I was kind of hoping for Brees Hall to have that locked in running back that we really haven't, I mean, we did have, yeah, I mean, we had Shady McCoy here for a minute and and we had going back there, that was like the one position that was actually good when uh, the rest of the team was bad through that doldrums, but uh, it's really looking for that, You can see behind me, I go back to the 90s Bills and really looking for that Thurman Thomas next to our Jim Kelly or looking for the guy that can really be there next to Josh Allen. And I know that the league has kind of moved away from those type players and and kind of treated it. Obviously, we're going to have a committee backfield this year, and that's kind of been the general direction of the NFL, but. Hall stood out as a guy that would be had that talent level. And then, of course, we see him go to the Jets because, you know, passing these guys, that's what happens. But they they took the need and, and cornerback was a value where they took them. Um, but it was kind of it's one of those that when you operate in the fantasy realm, as as much as you want to say, well, we need a cornerback and we probably should have addressed the offensive line and, and maybe continue to add passes, to the pieces of the pass rush. I, you want to be flashy a little bit there but it we were out of the game with wide receiver and and we talk about outside receiver being a concern it would have been great to throw like a jameson williams in but all those guys went way before we were even close to being on the clock uh, but yeah i was kind of i thought going in we might go with Brees on day one or i thought maybe we'd see an opportunity where we trade back but it does kind of sound like Maybe that was in the mind, but Elam was a, the piece on the board that they saw the value in making sure that they got. And it did kind of sound like Brandon Bean kind of coming into the draft, he kind of said that if a player's there, we might move up or like we're going to sit there. And if nobody's there, then we want to move back. And I think that that was probably plan B would have been moving back and still probably maybe getting Hall as that player. Obviously, we saw the value they put on running back using the second round pick on James Cook.
1: Yeah, and where I mean, for me personally, on the cook thing, like in the in the running back room, for me has been it's an ongoing thing, right? It's it's something. Uh, early last season, season I was dogging on Singletary. I was heavy that Moss would be the guy. He he had the fit. He had the build. He was the right guy to do it. He couldn't get on the field. He couldn't do it. And that stretch at the end of the season, I thought Singletary really found his way in the offense. Not that like he can make his way but he found his way in the offense and he found a way to be successful in the offense. Right. And, and it was good. And I think he can continue that path and we don't really use them that much. So uh, yeah, I, I was never really on board with the running back up front in the first round. I was all off season. I, I don't think I got off the cornerback horse the entire way because there's just there's a certain element to that that i know we need them all the time and this league is pass heavy and we saw that by them taking all those good wide receivers early but for me when we got cook i looked at it as jd mckissick was obviously on our radar wherever you stand on him that's fine Um, but he has nfl pedigree in his family and to me i think that's why he's important to the buffalo bills is he know he's going to train with his brother his brother's, he's not his brother, right. But he's going to train with his brother. He played in a big time program as a, like number two, number three guy, right. He, he should be able to fill the role for us. So is it a good fit?
2: I I think it is. And and when you mentioned JD McKissick, you know, we thought we were going to get him. The other thing too, there was that story that we asked about Christian McCaffrey and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that, is another receiving back. And you look at Ken Dorsey coming in as offensive coordinator. He was in that Carolina offense that he was there when his last years, there was, I think McCaffrey's rookie year might've been his last year, mm-hmm. but he saw the value of that pass catching running back up front. And we knew that we didn't have that on the roster. That was as much as Singletary can pick up those seven yards, like when the opportunity is there and, and he really doesn't lose yards. That's kind of the value on him. Um, he doesn't have that home run ability. And I think that James Cook does have some of that, but he's Mm -hmm. really not going to be involved, overly involved in the receiving game. And I think that is one of those that there are levels to running back receiving where, you know, you might have a guy that can't do anything at all, or you might have a guy that can catch a screen or a dump off, or you have a legitimate weapon that you can put in the slot that you can do different things with him. And I think that's where James Cook's value is. And that's the type of player that he is. And it really kind of, it's like kind of the point with OJ Howard where, we have different ways to win on offense now than kind of where um, it was one of those, we bring Josh Allen in and he's thrown Robert Foster, or whoever else is there. And then we kind of added some receivers and like, okay, well now we can play like three or four wide receiver sets and we can win that way. But now it's like, we can do 12 formation. We can do 21 formation. We can put both Singletary and cook in the back, in the backfield at the same time. Most, motion cookout into the slot, do different things now. And I think that's the biggest thing that this offense has added different elements to be um, just different and, and be able to give different packages.
1: Yeah, I think you just hit on this right here, uh, Jeffrey Brown. Thanks for chiming in, man. I appreciate you watching. Who can play the slot like bees? And I think you, you've, in just the past few minutes, have named off three different people, right? Because, I mean, it's Jameson Crowder can go there now. Isaiah McKenzie can go there now. Dawson Knox can go to there now. O.J. Howard can go now. Cook can go now. Like, there's so many different levels to what this can do. I think this will be the first year that we'll see the most uh, ever, like, little, like, dump off passes out of the backfield to the running back that we've seen in a long time in hopes that that little three yard pass will spin into seven, 12, 15, 20, maybe a big one out of cook. Right. So let me ask you on this one. This is one I, we're going to go about a half hour today, like we typically do. So I want to know your opinion on this one. Cause for me, this is very intriguing. Jordan Poyer, what, what, what's your stance on how this is going to play out?
2: Man, I I, this is tricky we've we've paid everybody else um and so that's kind of where it is it's and it's one of those that uh, we know he's a leader he's know he's an important part of the defense and the and that's been the biggest change i think with uh terry pegula as the owner with um the, the gm in place and and really Uh, we've taken care of our guys and that's been the big change with McDermott with being they've taken care of guys when they become eligible. And I think before there was kind of uh, later days of Ralph Wilson, how many guys did we let go to free agency? It was everybody. And it it felt like we were just on that constant cycle of, we would let a cornerback go to free agency. We'd use a cornerback on the first round. And then the next year we'd let a running back go. And then we use a running a first round pick on a running back. And we just never got off that treadmill. Everything Mm -hmm. has been taking care of our guys so far. And obviously the cap is a a situation, uh, but there we have seen other teams develop creative ways to take care of cap problems. And, you know, the New Orleans saints as a prime example, continuing to kick that can down the road and then figure out a way around it. I think coming into this off season, they were something like $70 million in the hole or something like that. And, and all of a sudden they, they didn't really lose any money. Yeah, yeah, perfectly yeah. fine. No, yep. no, they didn't lose anybody. They and they and they were able to work it out. I think that there are probably some elements of negotiation in that are involved in those type of things. But um, I would expect that he's going to get taken care of. Um, my concern is more so. There's so much value in the safeties in this defense and that tandem, um, Hyde and Poyer they're not young. I mean, they're, I think they're both what 30 years old. And so it's one of those that, and we don't have any backfill on there. And that's kind of like, um, Kyle Hamilton, I was like, I, I would have loved to gotten Kyle Hamilton. Of course, he's a Raven because that's how it always plays out. But that was a guy that when there were stories that he would be sliding in the draft, like I was kind of hoping going into the draft that we'd get aggressive and move up into that range and and kind of and obviously that would have made things very complicated with Jordan yeah. Boyer. And yep. and and I think the team probably wouldn't do that. But um, and, and there's other guys too, like Dax Hill kind of went around us and and that might have been a guy that he could have played nickel slot not that that's a need with terran johnson there but at the same time um i am concerned long term but i do think that just the way that we've trended with everything i would expect that he's going to get something taken care of in some regard
1: yeah i'm a, uh, am having a hard time seeing it i'm just i i want it right like there's part of me that wants it but i agree he's older and we're gonna have an old back end there's at some point and we do have guys there that we've been we've been We've been caressing, right? We've been kind of keeping them around. We've been trying, but when you have studs, they don't ever get an opportunity to play, right? So you never get to know if they're good. And then you go, oh, the studs are gone. And then you're just sitting there with these guys like, holy crap, they're no good, (laughs) right? Like we never got to see him play. I don't think our guys are necessarily like that, but I almost am not going to be completely stunned if they move Poyer. Like I I just, there's part of me that feels like his value is incredibly high. Uh, If you, If we keep him around, it's probably a two-year deal. I think it's only fair to him and to us, right? Um, But you you probably have to take the point where you pick Hyde or Poyer and you say, which one of these guys can show the next guys how to do it? Yeah. And Poyer, as much as we love him, he's more of the grinder, hit you hard. Hyde is more of the brains, not as much brawn, right? So you – I, I'm just saying there's, I'm not going to be completely stunned. Do I want it to happen? No, because I like to see them win a championship together because they've been together so long and they're, yes. they're legit the best, you know? So I I do like that part of it, but I, I'm glad to see that you're kind of in a, in a similar boat where it's like, it, it just might be time, right? It might have yeah. to happen, especially with Trey, you know, Tremaine is coming up and then you've got, Ed Oliver's going to be cut. You've got big young pieces coming up that you need to pay. And they're seven years younger.
2: Well, and and we need to see Trey White recover and we need to see him back on the field. And so part of me wonders if that's not, you know, if he's, if he doesn't make it all the way back to being the corner of that back that he was, is that a natural transition to slide him over into that safety spot? and, you know, keep him there, and, and that kind of answers that, and as, and, you know, if, if Elam steps up and is able to take off, we don't really have the depth, the backfill, like that type of scenario, but I wonder if long term, if that's not something that we see happen.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they won one year max guarantee player, just give them, give them a good chunk this year that they can fit. I think Sport Track has this at like five million today, um, so maybe you just pay him for one big year and say, let's table this we'll pay you for this year let's table this and see where we're at right because it it might be time to move um so let me ask you because you're a fantasy guy we we got about five six seven minutes left or whatever here Uh, you're a fantasy guy so anybody on the buffalo bills that we drafted that jeff bell is drafting in fantasy this season
2: Well, I play in deep dynasty leagues, and Mm -hmm. um, I like Khalil Shakir. Adding him, I think, is – you can get him later. But I do really like James Cook. James Cook's a guy that I really liked coming in, and um, I would draft him in your leagues as well because it's just – Anytime that a team adds something different, I I feel like there's two different routes you can go when you're drafting a running back. You can either draft a guy that's like your current guy and he, you know he's going to be a backup or essentially and and you know kind of you're waiting for an injury in fantasy. God forbid guys, you don't want to see guys get hurt, but you kind of know that that's the scenario. Or you see a team at a guy that does something that nobody else on the team does. And and that kind of raises my eyebrows a little bit, where um, James Cook, obviously his skill set, nobody on our team has that. And there is no receiving back that is able to do that. And, and so that's a guy that, um, as a rookie on our roster, that I, I would love to have on my teams. And so that's a somebody to look at.
1: Yeah. I I agree with you. I want to hit you with a few uh quick things here real quick before we get out of here and see what your stance is. Uh the NFL announced that the Pro Bowl is going to probably go away. Are we are your feelings hurt? No. Okay. <laughs> I, you He's know shanky. I
2: I love football man and I tried to watch the Pro Bowl That's this year football. and like no, yeah. like it was like it was like they were just letting guys run around. It's like, what are we doing here?
1: Yeah, it's so dumb. I'd, I'd much rather they just hang out and do like a skills thing. It would be way more well, fun yeah. to just like watch that, you know, That's like wa- watch Mahomes and Allen like and do it after the season, right? Like yeah. quit this like right before the week or the Super Bowl, because you know that any most of the guys that are in the playoffs are the guys that are going to be in the Pro Bowl, right? I mean, for the most part, a good chunk of them. And then the further they go, the less people you have. So then you just start bringing in everybody it's like just do it afterwards and get your get your studs to just come hang out for a weekend and do some crazy crap where they throw balls and hit oranges 90 yards down the field or do something stupid where they get to hang out and have some fun right let the yeah. fans interact do something cool but they
2: have yeah. i believe they have something like that but i think isn't it like pro bowl weekend already and it's one of those that it's do that like a month after the season ends. Yeah, like, something,
1: right. You know, like, like
2: when we're like really starting to get really hungry for some more football again, like don't do not do it like the week before the Super Bowl when we're just kind of like in that mindset of like, we want to see elite play and we're ready right. for the Super Bowl to go. Like yeah. do it, like give us a month off and then like do it then when we're like, I just want to see these guys again. Instead, they give us a 95 to
1: 98 football game. You know, yeah. it's like that, that's not even possible, right? So, all right, next one. Jay 17 is going to be a part of the tight end university this offseason. He's, he's hanging out with that crew. How do you feel about that? I think that's a, that's a big step. I, I I think a guy like that, but everybody's going to know how good he is now. Right. But I think it's also a way to maybe get guys to want to come play for the bills down the road.
2: You know, it, you, you're kind of planting those seeds and you get in there and you talk to somebody and, um, I, Man, I, I hope that Dawson Knox takes that next step this year that, yeah. that really locks it in there because it, it looked like he did last year. Yeah. You know, he, he was a different guy last year than the first two years. He looked like he solved a lot of those concentration issues and um, was able to still make those big plays. And I really hope that he's able to lock it in the next one. But, you know, like you mentioned, to lead off the show, if he does that, that, that could we, you know that's the problems
1: almost yeah, yeah I that's mean,
2: problems a little bit there where it's like almost like, like can we just take care of this guy now and just right. like not even have to think about like do we have to franchise tag him like we saw dalton schultz get the franchise tag and, yeah he's and, terrible like, get franchise yeah. tag and yeah. and so it's uh it's one of those that yeah you know anytime that your stud quarterback is around potential future bills you, you like that
1: yeah i mean absolutely right i mean and. It's just the the exposure of him getting out there and getting to show people how good he is. I mean, I'm not going to turn away with that. The more people that enjoy being around him, that's going to help us long term, you know, one way or another. Because there are going to be the guys like Dawson Knox that we're eventually going to get to that point where we're going to have to ask them to take kind of like a little lower number to stick around. And we're going to be doing that a lot the way that this team has been going, especially when you have J-17. Yeah. Last one, real quick. Big changes to some of the practice squad stuff, right? Uh, do you feel this is I, this is great for the Bills, in my opinion, right? Uh, a really deep team um, that gets to draft people and really maneuver them around a little bit better, bring in some veteran guys and let them sit around. I I, I really like this for the
2: Bills. Anytime you can protect, you know, we're the way that our franchise is anytime we can protect the back half of that roster instead of, you know, because it wasn't that long ago that we were plucking from other teams. And and now we're one of those teams that we cut somebody he's going somewhere. And so Mm -hmm. anytime we can keep more of those guys around. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it, to me, and, and, you know, Bean will be good at this, uh, you know, he
1: typically really is, but we've seen in the past seasons now, well basically these late draft picks just get snatched up from us. We never even really get to experience if they're going to be anything that we thought they were going to be right. You know, for organization, which for me that kind of hurts us in a development kind of thing, like cause you're drafting guys and you don't get to see the product on the field with what you thought they could do with your organization. They might go somewhere else and suck. Right. But that could be system. That could be what like you don't really get to see if you're drafting guys that are really good for your football team. But as long as we can't keep hitting top three, yeah, Brandon Bean, well, give him an Oscar, right? Give, yeah. give him whatever he wants. Nobel Peace Prize, whatever that guy needs. You give it to him and keep letting him do his thing. All right, Jeff, uh, real quick before we get ready to head out of here. You want to shout out anything you're up to, what you're going to be up to this season, anything big going on? I know uh, Football Guys will have the ultimate draft kit coming up, like all sorts of stuff. What you got you want to shout out?
2: Yeah, f- footballguys.com. You know, we, we that should be your first stop for fantasy football needs. And I write over there. I, we do a lot of content. We have a lot of videos. That We have a YouTube page over there. So anything you could want for fantasy football, footballguys.com. We are going to get you we're going to win you your leagues. And so make sure to check that out. And then if you like college football, if you play, if you're somebody that you're hardcore and you play Debbie football, the Debbie Royale is a podcast that I do. And we're on do a live show on Tuesday nights at nine thirty. Uh, but you can also find us on Apple or whatever you use for your, your um, podcast, the Debbie Royale.
1: Yeah. Jeff is all over the place. Guys don't like just, The content keeps on coming. Uh, It's great stuff. It's good reads all the time, you know, and it's good because when you as much as Jeff is a Bills Mafia guy, you don't get Bills Mafia from what he gives you for fantasy, right? You don't want to follow somebody that's just going to be like the the Homer and love the team, right? Because that ain't going to help you win crap. Right. Because everybody else is going to be doing that. That's not paying attention to Jeff. So make sure you're not one of those people. Right. But thanks, everybody, for, you know, watching the show again this week. Uh, You know, new over here to the rumblings, uh, been having a great time with everybody so far. You know, you guys are a great fan base, obviously, and uh, really enjoying everybody following the nerd. So make sure you guys are subscribing, hit the notifications, doing all those things. Make sure you guys uh, follow Jeff over at, uh, you know, for whom J bell tolls all that stuff uh, should be down in the description for you guys to get to real easily. And of course, go bills.
0: Make sure you leave a review and subscribe. So you never miss another episode. We'll see you next time. out.